We're so happy you've decided to spend some time with us as we revel in the beauty of the Word of God. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and your house with light and truth. We look forward to your visits. The days are drawing close, very, very close, to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to receive unto Himself the congregation of the redeemed. Whether we are members of that congregation or not is a matter of free will, a matter of choice. Those who have heard the message, as we are all hearing it now, and reject Christ will not only not meet Christ in the clouds, but they will also absolutely lose their second chance for redemption. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7-12 through 12, speaks of the Antichrist and the redemption options of the souls who have heard the message of salvation and have rejected him directly after the great taking up. It reads, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. No man knows the day or hour of Christ's return, but the biblically prophesied world indicators, see the 21 Signs of Doomsday series on this site, says it's close, hand in front of the face close. Are you prepared for His coming? Are you born again? Are all your sins washed away by the blood of Christ? Will you embrace Him as your Lord and Savior, or will you be given strong delusion to believe a lie in certain damnation? These are the options. Will you believe upon this Christ today? Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Be ready. Prepare for departure. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Man said, if God is, and if he authored the book of Genesis, why don't we find inspired truths in its text? Now the record. Carl Sagan was a leader in the evolution movement. His wife is reported to have posted a vigil at his bedside to be sure no Christians could get to him and then tell of a conversion. It is said of Mr. Sagan that he wondered why the book of Genesis did not declare some God-inspired truths. The book review in the November 2006 issue of Discover reads, Devout readers may object to Sagan's presumption that belief should be hostage to rigorous experiment. Yet Sagan is often identified with the epigram, Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. What could be more extraordinary than God? End of quote. Students of the scriptures around the world stood with jaws agape. Could this man be serious? The book of Genesis in its 50 chapters is laden with extraordinary claims and certainly backed by most extraordinary evidence. In September 2006, God Said Man Said was interviewed on the radio station TUE 954 Sydney by an Australian talk show host. The host was a renowned shock jock in Australia and New Zealand akin to America's Howard Stern.
God said man said was running radio commercials on his station, which caused quite a stir. During this same time period, we were banned from purchasing airtime in England. Also, our advertising campaign on another top Sydney radio station was canceled. The host wanted to know why we were canceled. I told him they found the commercials too controversial. He seemed somewhat incredulous that the scriptures would be controversial. I went on to explain, for example, that the first five words in the Bible split the world down the middle like a cantaloupe. The words read, In the beginning God created. The first three words, in the beginning, are at direct odds with Buddha, the leader of one of the world's uh, religions, whose position was that no origin can be perceived. The next two words, God created, has the world's evolutionist up in arms. Yes, the word of God is highly controversial. If you would like to hear that radio interview, click onto the following link. The abbreviation LHC stands for Large Hadron Collider. This underground European colossus has as one of its primary goals the discovery of the so far undetected Higgs boson, also known as the God particle. Discovering the Higgs boson would be foundational to science's driving quest to establish what they call the theory of everything. The theory of everything? Mr. Sagan, who wondered why the book of Genesis didn't contain some God-inspired truths, might be shocked to know that the theory of everything, as this world knows it, is found in the first ten words of the Bible. It reads, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. That is the theory of everything, the God particle. The following God said, man said features address this issue. Genesis chapter 1, 2 through 5, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. According to the word of God, there was light before God created the sun, which he did on the fourth day. Sciences, cosmologists now report that there was light before the sun came into existence. One of the scientists said their conclusion is remarkably similar to the record in Genesis. Thousands of years before science begins to understand, excuse me, God declares it. This is wisdom only the Creator could know. See a listed sampling of the various features on this subject. Genesis chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God's original creation included a water canopy that stood above the sky. The ancients referred to it as the celestial ocean. This canopy rained down upon the earth in the days of Noah when God caused a devastating global flood. Today, fish fossils on every mountain peak speak to this. The water canopy would have blocked deadly UV rays from the sun, which contribute to 60 life-shortening diseases. 
we're certain we could mount an argument which would find UV participating in all diseases. Due to this water canopy and the life-healthy conditions it offered, man lived much longer before the flood, 911 average years, or around 13 times longer that the psalmist threescore years and 10 or 70 years speaks of in Psalms 90 verse 10. The revelation of the water canopy unlocks the mystery of many of the world's mysteries, one being the dinosaur. This terrible lizard, which is what the word dinosaur means, is a reptile. A biological trait of reptiles is that they never stop growing. For instance, a large serpent is an old one. Now imagine the Chinese iguana that can grow to 12 feet in length. Before the flood, they lived 13 times longer. If it grew in proportion, it would be 156 feet long and about three stories tall. This, of course, is an oversimplification, a simplification, excuse me, but I think you get the point. Review the following information. The Word of God teaches that all things on earth, including the earth, sun, moon, and stars, etc., were made for the edification of man. Genesis chapter 1, 14 through 19, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Science now refers to this centrality of man and the earth in the universe is the anthropic principle. Everything was made for man. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, a male and female created he them. Man was made in the image and image and likeness of God. It was once said that we use 10% of our brain's capacity. Now science has concluded that we only use a fraction of a fraction of our brain power and that the human brain has infinite capabilities. This would almost sound braggadocious, if it didn't include the understanding that between our ears lies God-like brain power. The ground between our ears is surely the most underdeveloped resource in the universe. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Click on to the following subjects. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that God created man. Genesis 2-7 says that he created man of the dust of the ground, dirt. Adam's name means ruddy or red dirt. The ancient Miatsu tribe traces their genealogy back to the first man, and they called him dirt. Science has come to the conclusion that we have an uncanny relationship with dirt. Genesis 1.27, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Evolutionists once claimed that mankind has no singular location of origination and that he just began cropping up from sundry places. 
Now it is known that mankind's earthly existence is rooted in one common mother and one common father. The evolutionists also claim that man's appearance came about approximately one million years ago. But the science of biochemistry has knocked them on their ear, with ages ranging from 200,000 to 60,000 years. Be assured the actual number is just over 6,000 years ago. See the following articles. Genesis chapter 1, 29 and 30, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. All the world was originally created to be vegetarian. The law of sin and death, of creature eating creature, did not occur until after our mother and father ate of the forbidden fruit. Paleontologist Greg Buckley and his colleagues at Roosevelt University in Illinois recently unearthed quite a discovery. The finding was a very ancient fossil, which has the world of paleontology scratching its head. It's a crocodile, and the shocking revelation is that the crocodile was a vegetarian. Could it be that Mr. Buckley and his friends unearthed the world's very first crocodile, or at least one of the first created by the hand of God on the sixth day of creation? All were once vegetarian. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over everything that moveth excuse me, upon the earth. God creates the law of dominion. Biblical antagonists point to dinosaurs. One of their claims has been that man could not have survived, uh, survived alongside these ravenous giants. Man did survive alongside dinosaurs, of course. The basic fear of man that creatures exhibit is not a matter of the size of man or the creature, but a matter of the creature's design. The old farmer's position was that the reason horses fear men is because through the horse's eye, it sees us much bigger and more powerful than we really are. I'm not aware of any supporting documentation for the farmer's position, but the concept of fear and dread of man being built into the creature's psychic is certainly accurate. The concept of animal fear is addressed in an article titled Thinking the Way Animals Do by Temple Grandin, Ph.D. of the Department of Animal Science, Colorado State University. The article is found in the November 1997 issue of Western Horseman. Concerning genetic design, Dr. Grandin had this to say, In all animals, both genetic factors and experience determine how an individual will behave in a fear-provoking situation. Fearfulness is a stable characteristic of personality and temperament in animals, end of quote. Note that fear is a stabilizing genetic factor of the animal's created design. In other words, fear and dread were built in at God's command. An interesting thing about animals is that when fear is experienced or placed in it, it can never be erased. Again, Dr. Grandin writes, The fear circuits in an animal's brain have been mapped by neuroscientists. When an animal forms a fear memory, it is located in the amygdala, which is in the lower primitive part of the brain. J.E. Ledeau and Mr. Davis 
have discovered that fear memories cannot be erased from the brain, end of quote. God imprinted upon the mental circuits of his creatures the fear and dread of man. This short feature has surely not exhausted the marvels of Genesis chapter 1, let alone its other 49 chapters. Mr. Sagan wondered why Genesis didn't declare some inspired truths. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Man said, If God is, and if he authored the book of Genesis, why don't we find inspired truths in its text? Now you have the record.